Hey, and welcome to Winning Conversations. We have such a treat for you today. Um, We get to sit down with one of my dearest friends, Marty Galbraith. She is our Helps Ministry Director at Heritage of Faith, and she has such a heart for people, for women, for the church as a whole. I know most people do not know her story, so I'm really excited for you guys to get an opportunity to get a glimpse in to a woman of God who just serves from her heart and looks to be a help everywhere she is. There are so many reasons why I love this lady, and I want you to hear her heart. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Well, welcome, Marty. We're so glad you're here. Hello. Thanks for coming (laughs) on the show. Of course. This is going to be fun. Um, We're excited just to kind of hear a little bit more about your story. I think a lot of people see you, know you, but they don't really know. They don't really know, know you. So (laughs) we're going to have a good time. So tell us a little bit about even how you even got to Texas, your childhood, that kind of piece. Yeah. So I'm actually from California. Whoop, whoop. One of those like Cali turn Texans. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I was six when we came here. So I went through um, Palmdale. Lancaster, cool. you know, those kind of things. Um, but we had that. Um, we were there, had fun, loved it. We kind of lived up in the mountainside of it. So that's where I think like the whole hiking right. part of my journey, you know, I really like. Um, and so we moved here from um, when I was six because um, my dad and my my mom, they were actually in very worldly world, right? Um, my my dad was actually a drug dealer when we lived in California. What? Wow. Um, my mom was clean when she got pregnant with my brother. And so my mom was fine, but um, it had to be radically changed, you know. Um, and so we up, they uprooted us um, from California, came here to Texas because my dad's older sister lived here. And so we lived with them when we first got here, kind of got my parents, you know, established and got their feet back underneath them. Um, And then we moved down here because we went to Denton is where we were. Um, So then we moved down here and um, yeah, my, um, I think it was my aunt, my dad's younger sister, she moved here and it was her apartment complex that she had a, a lady um, that they would, the kids would all play with, babysit, all that stuff. Well, she in, ended up going to EMIC. And so she invited my my aunt, my dad's younger sister, um, and they became really good friends and stuff like that. And then she was like, hey, you know, David and Lori, like y'all should all come. And I was trying to remember, I don't remember if it was like, the New Year's Eve thing that Brother Copeland does, like if that was one of the first services that um, my parents attended or not. Um, But for some reason that really like stood out to me. So I'm guessing maybe, Um, but from there, my parents loved it. They will all in. Um, So they were never, we never went to church before that. Um, And so started attending there, became a super kid. we were there for, I think it was two years, because I remember two super kid camps that I attended. So I believe we were there for two years, and then my parents heard that Dr. Savelle was opening up a church here in Crowley, and we lived close to here, not to EMIC. And so my parents were like, well, let's go. Let's go check it out. So like literally the first day that the doors opened here at Heritage, wow. our family attended it. So oh, yeah. back to the basics, all those things that he used to do, like we were here. What do you remember about that time, the transition from California to here? Uh, were you, did you feel more state? Like, what was that like as a child? 
Did you understand know. it all? I don't think I understood it. I was pretty naive, um, go with the flow. Like, do, I don't really ask questions if if I don't need to. I'm not the, like, I need to know the why behind everything. Um, and, you know, that journey, I was six, you know, and then even, I think it was like 10 when we started coming to Heritage that I just, I believed what my parents were doing. I could see that they were, you know, trying to better their lives. And Changing, so I just, yeah. yeah, I could, I was just going with the flow. I, I don't think I ever was like, what's happening? Why are we here? That wasn't me. I was, I was the go with flow. Now my brother probably would be different. He, I yeah. think he asked a lot of questions. That's just his nature, but I, I didn't. You didn't, you were good with mm -hmm. where you're going. Yeah. And so you watch your parents kind of go through uh, just a, a pretty dynamic transition even as they stepped into being here at Heritage. Will you tell us a little bit about that? I don't know. I don't know very much about that. I, I want to know. know some more. <laughs> okay. So my parents, they, because I really feel like, so I believe my mom kind of did some, like she went to like Catholic church with like her grandparents growing up. So she kind of knew some, but my dad, I don't think had any knowing of the Lord or anything like that. So, you know, the first time they stepped in, you know, I was young, you know, preteen, stage that I, that's when they started developing their faith. So okay. then when they came here to heritage, like we only have been going to EMIC for two years, if that, you know, it could have been like a year and a half. So then when we got here, you know, my parents, I think really dove in like such servant hearts, like we're here to help put us to work. We're here. We want to serve. We want to, you know, be a part of it. You know, we love everyone. Like we're here to serve. Um, so then he ended up stepping into like the head usher. Um, and my mom eventually took over. She served in hospitality. And so she ended up taking over all of hospitality. So now like we have like it all broken this out. Is a like a full circle moment. <laughs> yes, it kind of is. It kind of is a full circle. Um, and But I grew up with it, you know, all connect classes. I helped, you know, get all the food. I helped in the back in the green room, helped, you know, usher, set up all the baskets and Kleenexes right. um, and all of that. So um, they just really dove in. And then I think that was when Dr. Savelle started doing the Chariots of Light that my dad was a huge part in that, that he was an area leader. And then they ended up giving him the president patch for it. So dad, you know, he really, he was all in, like he loved the church all in. Um, and for him to develop his faith, he really took um, onto some of the other ministers and stuff because he didn't know. So he was like, I want to know more. I want to ask questions. Right, yeah. So there um, was one who used to be like an associate pastor here. Um, he has a church up north um, still, and I think he's still a partner. Um, but he would ask him all the time, all the time, like, okay, I have this question, I have that question. Or if we had questions, he'd be like, I don't know, it's a Brother Jeff question let me go ask him this because my dad right. wouldn't know. And so we were all learning this, but in this learning process, like remember they're baby Christians. Yeah. Right. They don't know everything, you know, and they were in a very worldly situations yeah. that they just got, you know, thrown into all this leadership and all of, you know, faith walk. <laughs> and they were just like, you know, lessons were learned, you mm -hmm. know, and they were hard, you know, for sure. Um, you know, we're not perfect. And I know that they, you know, made some mistakes, but of it wasn't out of their heart being spiteful or anything. It was literally, they just, they're learning. They're they growing. were young and growing. I want to know what your perspective was from not going to church at all to just getting 
like thrown into church where I loved you, it. you loved it. It was, I loved you were it. all about it. I was all about it, man. Commander Dana and Commander Kelly, they're still <laughs> in super kids, you know? Um, and so, yeah, all of that. I loved it. I loved every piece of it. And, um, in fifth grade, um, we ended up going, I ended up going to Jackie Cardin and <laughs> yeah, Jackie Cardin, yeah. hey, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the girls that was in my class, her name was Eliza. Well, her parents were came here. They went to EMIC. They were Bible school students here. Um, they worked at the ministry and we ended up being like twins. Like we were always with each other, always by each other. So I think that helped me that everywhere, you know, they followed over here too, like once the church opened, cause they were already going to Bible school. Um, so I really think that that helped a transition too, that I already knew, I already knew friends. I already yeah, had, you friends. had a friend. Right. Yeah, yeah. I had friends. So I think that, I mean, I loved it. I still love it. That's why you can't get rid of me. <laughs> yeah, right. You left and came back. I left and came back. <laughs> well, I mean, we know that when you step into leadership role and watching your parents do that, like it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with learning as you go yeah. as that process. What are some of the lessons you learned just watching their life in faith grow and develop? Yeah, I think willingness, like them just being always willing to, to do, you know, um, watching them really develop their leadership. I think, I mean, every time I got in my dad's car, it was John Maxwell playing in the CD over and over and over, you know, so oh, the he, leadership guy, yes, okay. the leadership guy. So he yeah. always was fueling leadership in him and he would pour it out to everyone around him. Um, and I think that's why I gravitated to my father more than my mother, because my mother, she's a helpmate. She's a helper. She's a nurturer. I already have that in me. But what my dad had was more of the spiritual guidance like that. And I think that's what, like his heart was so big for people. I remember going in, I remember he said something about, he went into Taco Bell and there was like a guy there with his daughter and she wanted something. And he was like, all I can get is like a taco. Like that's why he went there. So my dad ends up like going and buying them like one of everything on the meal, you know, of the menu <laughs> and like giving it to them, right. you know? So I think for me, it was really just watching his heart and compassion you know, for everyone around him. It didn't matter if it was like the person's like, oh, there's that person or like the person that's like weeping constantly because they're walking through so much that he he would always show them love and grace. And so would my mom. Like it's not, it would go hand in hand, but I would always see since my dad was such an evangelist right. <laughs> because of like the radical change in his life mm -hmm. that I would see him walk in it more. So yeah, the willing, I think willingness is huge. I mean, any capacity of serving, you have to be willing to do it, you know, willing yeah. to, mm -hmm. you know, especially in, in helps like you, you're there to help. So it yeah, doesn't you also mean, have to have the eyes to see, to like look beyond people or, you know what I mean? To mm -hmm. see things that normal people wouldn't. I feel like if you really have a servant heart, then you're, then you're listening to those things mm -hmm. or you have like, you have this heart this awareness yeah. to know what's going on with somebody. Yeah. Like you're not just in your clouded little bubble. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you were to walk up in that place and like, you're just in your bubble, you wouldn't hear that somebody needed something. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. you have to get out of your own Well, you're space. looking like, how can I help? I think that's yeah. my big thing <laughs> lately. It's always like, okay, I'm here. Like I'm here to help. I like, know what I've can heard I do? you say it so many times. <laughs> hey, I'm here. I'm yeah, here. I'm here what to can help. I do? What can I do? I'm here to help. Like put me to work. Um, you know, even at your wedding, like I walk in the kitchen for the reception. I, it, it really is incredible how many people were just like doing my dishes. And I was like, 
like this party is for y'all y'all know that right yeah. like Aaliyah was there after everyone had left literally washing my dishes and I was like just sitting there like Aww. these church people man they do like because to help they, they do like guys. to help <laughs> y'all love you to know? help yeah. I mean y'all can come over and do my dishes anytime, <laughs> anytime. that you want anytime <laughs> the, uh, the opportunity always exists always it? always yeah yeah that's awesome. You keep referring to your dad. I don't know if everybody knows this, but your dad's gone home to be with the Lord, right? Yes. Yes. Um, it will be 13 years, 13 years. Wow. Yeah. It's insane, but it's really sweet when we see a lot of people, um, you know, different, you know, the minister's conference or different chariots events and stuff right. like that, that, um, we get to see people and they're like, oh man, I love your dad, you know, and those that are listening and maybe aren't putting two and two together, you know, my parents are David and Lori Hawker. Um, so, you know, it, it's helpful to know. Sure. Yeah. Um, There's people listening that you're going to know. Yeah, those names. absolutely. Absolutely. And they'll be like, oh yeah, like this is definitely, yeah, I can see that. Doesn't that show like the impact that he had for people to still be coming 100%. up to you and saying things about 100%. him 13 years late? You know what I mean? Yeah. There's one thing that I love that um, Pastor Justin, he's he's definitely said it a couple of times to me, but he was like, man, your dad's heart for people and his heart to worship. And he was like, I see it in you. And like, I take that like, in that moment, I was like streaming tears, but like, <laughs> right. I take that as motivation, you know, um, so 13 years, it will be December yeah. 31st. So a really big turning point for my life um, was December 31st of 2010. So my dad had colon cancer um, and he was battling. It was the second time that he battled this. So he battled it in 2004 as well, which some of you guys might not know that. I don't know if you knew that. It was one of those moments that he was on 100% a machine. You know, he wasn't really, he wasn't really there. Right. You know, they basically were like, he, I mean, literally like, I mean, right. you're a nurse, you right. know, a hundred percent on yeah. machine. Right. So they're like, you need to call your son. So he got like Red Cross flight because he was in the military and stationed in Hawaii. So him and his wife had to get on a Red Cross flight over. So like quickly right. because of my dad's passing. Um, and so they could see him and all that kind of stuff and help my mom. Um, but there was a moment that I was like, on the floor in the hospital. And this was all in Georgia because this is where we moved after high school. I went to Georgia with them um, for his job. And I just remember like, this is it. Like, you know, I want to get married one day. He's never going to walk me down the aisle. You know, like I'm going to have children. And he's never, like, he was so amazing with children, like hilarious with children. And so I was like, he's never, he's never going to do that. Like, he's never going to get to yeah. do that with me. You know, he got to see my brother get married, but I was like, he's never going to have that for me. So I think for me, it was a big moment of like, oh Lord, like I need you. I need you to tell me, not just tell me, I need you to show me that you have him because he's missing out of all of this stuff for his little girl. Cause he used to call me his little princess. Like that's <laughs> how close we were that I was like, I need to know. I need to know that you are taking him home yeah. and that he's safe. Um, so then, you know, I prayed this and I mean, you know, one of those like on your knees praying moments. Right. Yeah. Well, then my mom was like having to like talk to my brother or something. And um, what's really cool was God spoke to this gentleman. He was a pastor in Georgia and his wife was giving birth in the, and, same, hospital. In the same hospital. And he, 
the Lord told him where to go and that he would find a mother and a daughter and that the mother would be on the phone and that they would be crying, that that he needed to come to us and he needed to go and pray. And so I was just like, God, you did that for us. Like going back and like realizing, right. I'm like, yeah. oh Lord, like you're so good. Like you had everything covered. Um, so he went back up with us and my mom stayed back because I think she was dealing with something else with the family. So I was in the room, our pastor there in Georgia was in the room with us, the gentleman that was a pastor, um, and then an unbeliever that was my friend <laughs> um, was in the room because he came immediately when he heard everything was happening. Um, and we just started praying in the spirit, right? Just just praying in the spirit, praying over dad, praying in the spirit. Well, all of a sudden I remember like it was so cloudy in there. Like it got like the glory clouds, <laughs> the anointing right. was so heavy in there. And I remember seeing one of the nurses that wasn't even my dad's nurse in the ICU. I remember her stepping in. And then my dad was restrained, um, like on the bed. I don't know why they did it, but they did. Um, and all of a sudden, like I said, he was a worshiper. So his arms just start moving really mm -hmm. just like in circular motions. And you could tell like, wait, like he's worshiping. Right. So we got louder. Yeah. You right. know, we got louder, we were praying. And then all of a sudden um, he sat up and went back down. And remember, he's a hundred percent machines. Mm -hmm. Like he's right. not coherent. Like, right. yeah, there is not of him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, no, like there remote, is there, there yeah. is none. Yeah, right. <laughs> like he's like yeah. And I remember in that moment, I remember so clearly that he was like, "That was him. That was me taking him." Mm -hmm. So like literally, like I got to see <laughs> my dad's spirit like ascend back up. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know. And so I think that no one else got to see that. None of my family were in there. You know, like I said, it was like pastors and like my friend that was an unbeliever. He was like, what is going on? Like for <laughs> right. him, it touched him, you know? Um, and, you know, we kind of lost contact or whatever. Um, I Here and there, we'll kind of, you know, see each other or whatever, but he still lives in Georgia. Um, and I know that that day marked him, but I don't yeah. know if it's as big as it marked me. Well, no. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so- with that, um, you know, obviously like the whole family grieved because my dad was the glue for the family. Sure. Even like his his parents, his sisters, like my dad was such the glue because of his compassion for people. And so when he passed, it was like chaos. It was chaos. Um, and so I just like had to really remove myself from all of them because I couldn't handle it. You know, like it was just like, there's no reason for all of this. Like, I'm not really understanding. And we all have a different perspective of it. Mm -hmm. But at that moment, I was the strong one for a lot of it. And I just, I had to have my own time to cope with everything. Well, it sounds like the Lord gave you an answer to your prayer, brought yes. you the peace that you needed to yeah. know. Like, hey, I have him. You're not, you haven't lost him. Right. And and I understand that. As I I just, I can paint a picture in my head because I've been on that side as the ICU nurse in those family, in those rooms when people are passing. There's something very special about a time when the spirit of God moves in those situations. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're all for healing and seeing miracles and stuff like that. And there's just a time that people are ready to go sometimes. Yeah. And it's, mm. it's touching when there's peace involved yes. in that. It's like, 
I can remember a few times when like situations like your dad, very similar and the presence of God is so strong in that room that you know that the Lord is just there surrounding that family mm-hmm. and surrounding. It sounds like that's what the Lord did for you. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think that's what has helped me on the other side of like the grieving that like I looked at it as, but I know where he is and I know yeah. where he would want me to be. And so, I mean, there, did I, you know, stumble? Yeah, of course I stumbled, you know, like it was my dad, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> and the guy I, that yeah, I looked to yeah. for everything, you know, I always wanted my dad's approval. You know, I, I wanted to be, you know, I wanted him always to be proud of me, I guess, you know, as any child. Um, and so, yeah, through all of the grieving process and stuff, I would just really like, but would dad want me to do this? No, he would want me to be living out what God is asking me to do, what, you know, in every area of my life. So then I, I really was able to turn like the grieving and the sadness of his passing into something positive. You know, I know that it was something that, I mean, I had to grow up really quick. Like I was the girl who, daddy, can I have this? (laughs) Daddy, you know, like I was spoiled. You were a daddy's girl. I was a daddy's girl. I was, (laughs) I'll say it. I know I was. Um, My brother would agree with it. (laughs) Um, but, you know, I really had to learn to grow up. Like, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. I went from being um, 18, 19 to, like, oh, I'm now, like, having to, like, help take care of my mom now, mm-hmm. you know, right. and, like, make sure she's okay. Yeah. Um, I'm really having to, all of a sudden, like, I feel like I gained 10 years of, like, maturity. You had to take on responsibility. <laughs> yeah, that I right. never that had to never do. Had before, yeah. um, and so I think, you know, through that, it has really... Um, it has really boosted, I think, my understanding with things. A lot of people always are like, you're only 32, <laughs> you know, like you're only that, like, aren't you older? And we're like, no, because, you know, I think for us, it's just, there's a maturity level that, you know, I really had to walk through to get to where I am today. Because I mean, it wasn't easy, you know, it was hard, you know, um, especially in like mine and Brad's marriage, like in the first part of it, like he helped me, he helped me walk through it. So my dad passed in December. Well, I say the day that he ascended, that Mm -hmm. was his day. But on paper, when they Mm -hmm. actually unplugged him was January 2nd. Um, In that February, Brad and I started dating. Where did you meet him? I mean, that's a whole nother story, <laughs> but we knew each other since first grade, okay. but that's a oh, whole nother story. So did he know story. your dad? Did he? He knew of him because when like Brad would have birthday parties, mm-hmm. like I would go. And so he remembers of my dad, Okay, but not like he, he wishes that he really yeah. had that. Cause I'm like, you two would be like two peas in a pod. Right. <laughs> Honestly, like they're, they're very similar, but that was another thing. Like they, you know, the family didn't agree with us getting married. They thought we were rushing into things and just everything like us dating, us getting married, just everything. And so, well, you yeah. said your dad was in the military. Uh, no, Brad. Brad was. Well, yeah, Brad and your bro- okay. and her brother. My brother. Oh, your brother was yeah. in the military. Okay, yeah, my okay. brother was. And Brad also was in the military. <clears throat> yeah. So, what was it like, like adjusting to married life and then being, you know, military wife? Also, all of those responsibilities and moving overseas. I know y'all lived. Where'd y'all live? England. England was that the only place y'all lived? Yeah, England. Yep. So, 
you talk about maturity, you talk about taking on responsibility. I mean, that's yeah. a big responsibility yeah. too yeah. to have. Yep. So, so not that like? only that, you know, we, like I said, we got married like a year later after all, like we got married June of 2011. So very, very, very quick, quick guys, yeah, very early. quick. Um, but we knew, we knew a hundred percent that it was God's doing and God's working in our, in our lives. Um, and so that's what we just trusted in. But so he joined the Air Force and with him joining the Air Force, he was like, I'm only joining if you go with me. Well, because my brother was military, I knew what that was, right? What that meant. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, we're getting married, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so we went through that whole process, which was difficult because I'm like, okay, now you're here and you were in my corner and now you're off at basic training. And now you're, you know, I couldn't go with them when he did his tech school um, because he was in Biloxi, Mississippi for a portion and he was in Shepherd, um, which is Wichita Falls. And so they wouldn't send the, like the spouse because it was like not enough time mm -hmm. frame. So I was here and I was living with my mother-in-law the entire time. Here so in that, Texas. Yes. So that was really challenging. We moved up from sure. Houston mm -hmm. yeah. and I was here with my mother-in-law. Um, which I think, you know, nothing about her. She's great. She's amazing, you know, but it was just, but adjusting, still, it's newly, adjusting. Married. Yeah. newly married, yeah. you know, all yeah. this other stuff going on. Um, and then when he got his orders after he completed his um, tech school, he called me and was like, hey, we're going to North Carolina. And I was like, oh, yes, because the Stowe family, who I said mm -hmm. that, you know, me and right. her daughter, the daughter was really close. We still are. Um that I'm like, oh, they're in North Carolina. Like, I bet they're just hours from us. So it's going to be amazing. Like, I was so excited. And then literally the next day, Brad calls and he was like, just kidding. He was like, we're going to England. I'm like, like New England? Oh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I think I misheard you. Yeah, <laughs> You know, because yeah. I'm like, oh, like New England? Like, are you going to like Rhode Island? Because my, my dad is originally from Rhode Island. So we have a lot of family in Rhode Island. Um, so I was like, oh, like New England. Cool. He was like, no, Marty, like the UK, like overseas. Like and what did queen. you, you weren't like so excited. <laughs> I or, was, I was so excited. I was like, what, what, what's going on? Like, I, I honestly was so excited um, because I like adventure. I like journeys. I like all of it. But I was like, oh, my thought was, Hey, I know their language. Yeah, you know, which is true. So oh, many would go yes. to like yeah. Japan and um I don't know, there's just other ones that they would go and I'm like, there's oh, not a language barrier there. You're no, able to yeah, yeah right. you were able to communicate yeah. and everything. Um and I like a lot of them would go to Japan. So I guess that's where I was like, yes, yes. school or like yeah. I could speak their I can language. Communicate yeah. with people. Yeah. Um, so we ended up moving, you know, to England and we were there for like three years. We had our daughter there. That's um, where May was born. That's right? where May was born. She's yeah. not a dual citizen. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, yeah. It's it's a cool story for her to tell. She definitely holds into that. She always has <laughs> to have her like morning tea and tea parties. And oh, that's sweet. All of those things. I but, love a good tea time. Yeah. Oh, so does May, hundred percent. She has her own tea set. Like she's it. she's a hoot. Um, <laughs> but like with that, um, you know, it was challenging because you know obviously he's in the military. So um, you know, and one thing that with with God really, it was totally total God's doing to change the order from North Carolina to England because that like never happens like in the history of it that switching you know, assignments right. never happen. Um, and I, looking back when we were 
um, kind of walking through some of it, we're like, we know that that was God's doing because we really just needed to uproot everything from here and just get away from everything. And start together. And start together, start something fresh, us rely on each other, not have anybody, you know, try to dictate our marriage, our relationship. Like yeah. we oh. didn't need any of the extra noise surrounding us sure. that I we know 100%. And then just different things that happened to us while we were in England, it was just like, God was in that. Yeah. And I was just it. thinking how quickly that transition was from the passing of your dad and how chaotic you said it was. Like, mm -hmm. did that feel like a oasis? Like you kind of got to back away from some of that? A hundred percent. Because yeah. I would try to back away and I would get a lot of... Um, Flack. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Flack. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it was kind of a relief. Like, oh, like... I'll be able to breathe again. Right. If that makes sense. Oh, yeah, um, totally. And so I think for me, I needed it. You know, I needed it just as much as probably everyone else. But I, you know, I see, I see what all was going on in a different eye, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, and it's okay. It's okay if I see the in a different perspective than them, but they don't always think that, you know. Um, and so for me, it was just really, it was a relief. You know, and then when we had, you know, I was really just like, Lord, you know, we really wanted a, you know, a, a kid. And um, I was just like, whatever you want. I don't care if it's a boy or a girl or whatever. And then we found out it was a girl when we, because we were praying, you know, we were sowing seeds into a family there that we met. You know, I was just like, okay, if we're having a girl, like, all right, I'm praying. You know, I want a redhead, blue eyes, independent, you know, funny, you know, and I would like, we would pray over all this and we would call it out. Well, like literally. Yeah, like, that's who she that's is. Mayor, yeah. That's Mayor a hundred percent. So, you know, we love her and um, she, she's on a good stage right now, you know, nine years old, you right. know, fun. And, you know, she looks at England as, you know, like it's a piece of her. Have you taken her back? No, we haven't taken her back. I mean, we left when she was three months old. We came here and then we went back, mm -hmm. you know, but like she hasn't gone back back. But I told Brad, I was like, what about for like her senior trip or graduation? Like we That'd take her because her we have a family there that um, we really love and still communicate with um, the couple. They're actually expecting a little yeah. one um, right now. And so it's just fun. You know, she'll like get on FaceTime with them and talk to them. Um, so like there's people there that when we go back, like we could be with. Yeah. So. Yeah. You've said this word a couple of times, but it just comes to mind knowing you as a good friend that how much you love adventure you do. and making fun, exciting <laughs> things happen. You yeah. guys go, go do fun things and your all of your family trips or even just a weekend away, it's like, we're going on this, we're going on this trip. We're having an adventure. Yeah. Um, what is, what is that side of you? Like, what are you, what are you going and what do you adventure to? <laughs> I mean, I love hiking. So if we're like going and doing things, like it's more of just a family, like we get away. And I really think it's from as a family growing up with my parents, like we didn't have a lot of money. So we did things together and we made the best of it. Camping was like one of the biggest things that we did. I mean, especially in the summertime when we're all home, right? go to the lake, camp, yeah. you have the water, you know, my aunt had jet skis, you know, we would all come together. Um, and there's just so many, you know, amazing memories that we have through that funny ones too, right? <laughs> that we have that it's just like, you know, we wouldn't have had those if we didn't do it. Mm -hmm. So really, you know, I think today we get so hustled and bustled with 
just day-to-day task that when we go camping or going and get away, like a couple weeks ago, we went hunting for the first time as a family, which that was like huge. This is insane. I don't know if you've seen the pictures I have seen photos. I have seen photos and I've heard stories. And uh, I'll just say my, my... Uh, definition of adventure is, is very different, different from from yours. I love that for you. I, I love that for you. I love a good glamp, you know, I love yeah. a good glamp. But. I mean, we do really well. Like people always think like, I don't know, when you think of camping, like you think of like, oh, my back hurts. And like, Everyone thinks of roughing the, it. Yeah. yeah. And we really, I mean, yes, we're in a tent, you oh. know, for the time being. Like <laughs> we, are, we are definitely believing for, you know, like a little RV or like just a little camping trailer. I love a good cabin, you know. A cabins are great AC too. AC yeah, and a bed. Those are great too. And a bath. But, oh, we have baths. We usually, oh, I mean, this last one we did it. <laughs> Andy's like, if there's yeah. an H on the outside, I will stay in it as a hotel. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, my, Ryan is uh, very much the rough yeah. in it. He likes that hunting, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. I'm just... You know, I'm You'll get I'm wearing a dress and boots right now. Yeah. Like I this is You got the boots this part. Is, yeah. Well the, those are, No, these are those $100. Are kind of these are the fancy boots. boots. I am not wearing yeah. these out and about. No, uh, uh, nope, not in the woods. No, I will not. No, it's fun. I, I think it just you escape. But I like that maid likes that stuff too. A hundred percent. Addie would never. It. She could never. No, she, she goes and plays in the dirt. She wants to go do love the fishing. That. She wants to go skip the rocks, you know. And I think that's where I love that it's taking her away from electronics. It's, it's taking yeah. all of us away from it. Right. You know, that when we go on these trips, I mean, sometimes we do have service, but we usually just like put our phones up and we're not on them. We're, we're truly like spending one-on-one time with each other yeah and I think that's why I love it like I I know like when things get a lot like especially busy seasons and stuff like that I'm like I just need to go for a hike like I need to clear my mind I just want to go be in nature be you know surrounded by God you know like I just I just need to get away like Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. my out yeah and I and I think that you know I'm so thankful that my husband's that way too. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, um, because it just goes, it just, it just goes. We're not, I mean, I used to love the beach, but I think now I'm like, eh, I can Ooh, I not love could do the mountains. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. take me to the mountains before you take me to the beach. And, but there's the beach is fun. Know that. Don't, don't yeah. look at me I like, like the that. mountains it's too. It's about who you're with, right? Yeah. 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 Sure. yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. We're big campers too. And people always kind of roll their eyes. Yeah. I don't know that we figured out how to camp in Texas yet though. It's like, hot. like in Oregon, there's four solid seasons Yeah, and you can You're camp, not. you can camp in the spring. If you have warm clothes, you can camp in the summer. It's dry mm-hmm. and airy in the mountains. It's cool at night. And here it's like, you have a couple weeks in the spring. If you can miss a storm yeah, and maybe. then it's blazing hot. And then you have maybe a couple weeks in the fall. Yeah. It's, well, we'll just go together. We'll have to. I, this is the two summers ahead. ago. I slept in a tent. I did. Oh wow! I slept well in a tent in the middle of summer, and it. I don't want. No, it's just not. Never it doesn't. And it, no, it doesn't sound fun. This for is me. a trauma no. moment for but you. But Ryan does want to get like what you've seen like on Instagram. The they like. Uh, take RVs and like redo the insides and yes. they're like super nice. Yes. Like I would roll around in one of those. Yeah, oh see? yeah, that sounds awesome. See? That sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah. You just, it's the next level. But I'm not going to be hunting for nothing. I'm not going to go hunting. See, my dad did that. My dad. And that's what I was going to ask is your love of it probably comes from your dad loving it so much, you know? And he provided, that was his way of providing too. You know, he would go on hunting trips and come back and, you know, like, 
this is what I have all this meat, you know, for us. And so I grew up on venison and some people were like, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah, but like, it's funny. Cause like he has brought hogs back, um, little ones or, you know, right. And Aww. I would never, cause I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's who I was. Cause I liked pigs. I really liked pigs. And he's like, Marty, it's not a pig. It's a hog. I was like, but look, but it's like look the size of our dog. <laughs> and they would like put it in the crock pot. <laughs> like, I think it scarred me, but my dad was a jokester. So he would play with all his, all, all of his food. So I think that's why I became a picky eater. You know what? Because he would scar me. This just <laughs> trauma memory it just came up. My grandfather, my grandpa, we were at their house. I would, I had to have been like nine or 10 years old. I was little. And I, I picked up a crock pot, the top to it. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, I want to see what's in here. It was a pig snout mm -hmm. and oh. a cow tongue, but the tongue oh still gosh. had like, it was, yeah. So maybe that's why I don't like hunting. Maybe, maybe. that's why I'm not about it, but yeah. I can't do organs. Um, I can't do that. It's, just, it's the, the tongue. The see, things. it was a growing ways. Last the two weeks ago when we did this, it was, it was, um, growing. How did yeah. May like it? I mean, she loves it. She didn't care. She did. She loved it. I mean, she was bored a little bit, but of course, you know, she's you have a to be quiet yeah, she's in, the, in the blinds, right? You have to yeah, be pretty quiet. Yeah, but it's not as bad as you think it is in the, in the blinds. You know, like, I mean, she had her tablet, you know, right. Um, and you know, it was really quick, you know, everything was really quick. We weren't there for like all day long. It was like a couple hours here or like 30 minutes here yeah. or, you know, Just like as soon as you get the kill, I mean, yeah. literally yeah, we got good. there and it was like 30 minutes and it was right when, you know, we, we could, and we spotted, you know, the buck that Brad got. And I was just like, whoa, like we're done. <laughs> like we don't have to stay out here anymore. Cause it's cold. <laughs> I do think this is a funny conversation for three women to be I having. Know, right? Yeah. It's so, fantastic. I mean, but it's part of the adventure, right? Like yeah, that's where that's that came you. from. It came from the adventure. Right. And just circling back around. So you went to England and mm -hmm. you guys came back here. How did you end back in, in at heritage or in Fort Worth? Yeah. So we came back, um, in 2015 and we both had the conversation of like, all right, we're back. Like, where do we want to go to church? And, um, we kind of just, you know, prayed about it and just like, okay, what are we, you know, what seems right. And we both like, I think like we, we had the conversation, we walked out of the house, like did our own thing. And then we came back and we're like, it's heritage. And we're we like, knew. we both knew. And I think that for me, I've always felt like heritage has been my, my home. Like from obviously like day one, yeah. you know? Um, and so I just never knew what it looked like for us. But the fact that like, it was so special for me, I think because of like my parents' legacy and my dad, that for me, it's like, but I want to, like, I want to share. I want to finish what he started, you know? Like yeah. it, how cheesy that might seem, but it's like, I know that why my dad and, and my connection were so close was because our hearts were very similar. Um, and so I think that's where for, you know, for both of us, we're like, no, we're here. So, I mean, we dove straight in, you know, straight into youth ministry and, right. and um, you know, served there for a few years, you know, and I mean, we loved it. Brad's, you right. know, worship and all that stuff. Um, and the podcast, what's up? And the podcast, yeah. yeah. For those um, of you who don't know, Brad is our editor and mm -hmm. so he is the one that's going to handle all this audio and he makes it sound amazing, makes us sound better than we actually sound. Yeah. So um, 
he's amazing. He's an amazing part of our team. He's our technical director. He's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> and your Thrive Group leaders. And you have a new title. Yes. So what, is there anything, is there an area that you haven't Well, tell us your new in? title. Yeah, first, yeah, first yeah. tell us your new title. Yeah, so it's help Helps Ministry Director. So I help oversee all of the HELPS team, which I think there's like 11 or 12 right. leaders that head up those departments that I kind of help pour into, help make make their you know, departments really successful, you know, whatever they have need of, you know, we'll sort it out, all of that, you know, help, just help, help, help the help. help. So those, <laughs> yeah. for, so, so for those that may not be, I don't know if church is the right word, but people who don't have a framework for what that means, that's mm. any area of the church, any department that really helps make the Sunday service, the Wednesday service, the things happen. Yeah. So they're like the protectors of the anointing. They make sure, mm -hmm. you know, the doors are opened with a friendly face and there's coffee being made that needs to be made. And yep. they sell stuff in the bookstore. They help you find seats. Yep. <laughs> they make sure, um, make sure things run smoothly. So our, our pastors, the fivefold ministry can do what they're called to do. Yeah, for so sure. it's a huge role and it's, it's valuable to have someone like you in that role. Yeah. I mean, I did it since I was 10, you know, so it, it, it makes sense looking back into it, but I remember being asked and I'm like me, like, you know, like little old me, like you think I could do that, you know, but it's just like, no, I have to trust. Like God has places here and poured it into us enough that it's like, all right, Lord, like whatever you're asking, like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know, I don't come in anywhere and expect anything, honestly. Like, I don't expect to open up my own doors. Like I've done that when I was younger and like that didn't get me anywhere. Right. So I don't, I don't go looking or searching or requesting to be placed anywhere. Like I literally show up and my words are like, I'm here to help. What can I do? Mm -hmm. So I think that that's, you know, that's just something that my parents always did. And so I think that's where, you know, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy. So we'll see, mm -hmm. you know, this new season that God has opened up and I'm ready <laughs> for this new year. Well, I think you're a blessing to everybody that you have an opportunity to be part of their team, to be leading and speaking into their lives. I've watched you. Uh, Marty and I are fairly good friends. And I think since we arrived on the scenes in 2008, we've been um, we've been kind of connected through different departments and stuff. Yeah. But one of the things I've seen on your life that we haven't touched yet in this in this discussion is how much you love young women yeah. and pour into them. Um, what as you've seen your roles change, because it's not about a title for your right. position. It's always about pouring into people as Thrive Group leaders. Uh, what is it? What is your connection with with young girls, women? I don't know. I don't know what you what yeah. kind of framework you put around it, but will you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I remember when I was 18, I had an encounter and so clearly that my heart for young women or girls um, was so evident. You can tell I was like a magnet with it without even trying to be a magnet. Um, and I think it was because as a teen myself that just the the peer pressure that they go through, the you have to act this way or you have to dress this way or you have to look this way. Um, and just all the pressure that kind of you would see buckle under them that they would just fall apart and that their confidence would get swept out. Um, and I knew that I want to be the one to pour light into them that 
they are beautiful the way that they are because God made them, not because so-and-so the head, you know, football star is saying that they're not or that they are, you know, like I, I want them to know who they are. Um, and so I think through that journey, you know, I was like, okay, well, I know this is that. So, all right. You know, and then like, Hey, can you be a, a mentee for you? Right. You know, mm-hmm. because I was still so young, so close in age, they didn't want me to be a leader, but I was a mentor for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of, you know, went into that, um, did that here. Obviously we help with young adults as well. Right. Um, but on the side of all of that, God really opened up a door here locally, um, for the next step women's center. And so what I'm doing is teaching classes, parenting classes, um, which that you would think that it's like, Oh, but it's young women, but like they're young moms. You know, and so being a mom now and a parent and understanding that it's different, that I think that was, um, I don't know, it's been such a a blessing to be able to pour into them without them even knowing, you know, just loving, like that's it. Like the love is what supports them. Um, And so that has been I don't know. It's been really fun. Like, I think that's like my side thing that people think, oh, you know, it's work. It That is never like teaching classes never work. Like it's so enjoyable. Not every one of my classes, even though it's the same subject sometimes, like it's never the same um, because not only am I teaching like the practical stuff, um, right. like the educational purpose of it, but like I go into like practical needs that they need um, and how I can help them, you know? And sometimes, I mean, we don't have any marriage classes for them that we teach, but like somehow it gets poured Brought out, in. Yeah. you know? Um, and so I think that's where it's like, well, if I'm able to help them, you know, not only shape them and their, you know, families, but like in their kids and maybe stop, some of these like generational curses that have been like, oh, well, my mom yells at me and would do this and say this to me. I mean, I had one, she said that she tells her daughter every day she loves her because she never once remembers her mom ever telling her that she loves her. Like mind blown, right? Like I grew up in a very loving home, you know, after all this stuff. And so from like what I remember. And so for me, I'm like, that's like, that's insane. Like to remember your mom has never told you I love you. You know, mm-hmm. like what that would do to a person. So I guess that like, that's my connection with it. So it's, I don't think it's only, you know, like preteens sure. or teenagers. Like I think there's just young, young, whether it's young in faith, young in marriage, young, just, I think that is the key is it's just young, you know, young mm-hmm. women. Um, yeah. That's really powerful. I remember one of my first um, ministry like remembering you was watching you outside one youth night or what, I don't know what, whether it was a a rec night or what, but you were outside and you were surrounded by a group of teenage girls and you were, you were not only one of them, but you were like, they were like drawn to you. You're like, spazzing out for lack of a better word. I don't know how to say it, but <laughs> Marty spazzing out, right? and like, you were hyper and excited yeah, sounds and, about right. and you were pouring into them. And, um, I thought, Oh, that's so cool that you have a voice in their life mm-hmm. in a way that, that they need it. And yeah. it's, it's super powerful. I mean, I still see it and not just with the women. I think just in general, like I still see, yeah. you know, the younger ones that are mm-hmm. in youth, even though we're not there anymore, that they still, they're so 
we're still magnets for them. And I think that's why we've transitioned a little bit in the young adults, because a lot of those that are young adults now, like they were youth back then, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's just so cute just to see them still like Miss Marty, Miss Marty. And I'm like, you don't have to call me Miss anymore. No. <laughs> like, please, <laughs> it's just Marty. Right. <laughs> it brings up another question though, because now you're leading teams of people who are perhaps maybe more seasoned than you mm-hmm. are. Yeah. How has that been? Different perspective. Yeah, totally different yeah. kind of. I mean, it's challenging. You know, I feel like for me, I have to remember, like when I walk in, I have to remember, like, it's not, it's not about the age. It's not about how seasoned we are or aren't. Like we have one job to love people, you know, and to help those around us, you know, reach to them. Um, And I think that that like levels the playing field Um, because yeah, there's some that, you know, are on my team and I used to call her mom, (laughs) you know, right. Um, that I lived with her for like a month because my mom, um, had to go back to California for a funeral. And I was like, I don't want to stay with my stinky brother and dad, you know? So I didn't have to, but I was like, I'm going to go stay at her house, right? you know? Um, and I love her. And so sometimes, yeah, like even when they ask us to pray for people and I'm like, but like, they know me as like Marty Hawker, you know, like little girl, young, like they're not going to receive from me, you know? And it really is like, I know it's the enemy, like trying to stop the anointing. So I really have to like, you know, what you, what is Dr. Svelle said that the birds can fly, but they don't have to nest or roost in your hair. Mm -hmm. So like, obviously those thoughts come, but at the end of the day, it's like, okay, Lord, but you've called me. Like I have to remember who I am, not who they are. I have to remember who I am. And if you've called me here for this season, for this time now, then like, I can't, I can't allow that to shape what I'm about to say or what I'm not about to say. You know, I just have to be led and be obedient and he's going to do the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's also, if you were called to this area, then you already know you either have the tools to already be successful in it, or you're going to learn the tools to be successful in it. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. God's going to place people around us if we don't have it to help grow us 100%. And I feel like he is doing that. Right. You know, there's always people around us that are like, oh, I didn't realize, like, now I can see, like, why God's placing them around our life for right now. You know, and it doesn't start like, oh, randomly, here's a person. Right. It's like, you know, they become our friends and then they start pouring. So, you know, it's just different. And it's not always they're pouring. Like, we pour out too. It's always mutual Mm -hmm. friendships. Yeah, absolutely. So our motto at Heritage, if you didn't know, it's uh, making making winners winners in life. Yes, you are right. Uh, When you say that or you hear that, what does that mean to you? I mean, honestly, I thought about this because I knew you were going to ask this question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, making winners in life, like it's a part where um, you get to gain favor. So, you know, here we equip, right? Our, Our goal, pastor's goal is to equip they're here to help you in every area. And it's not just financial, you know, it's not just, you know, maybe even healings, you know, it could be, you know, soul restore restoration, you know, it's all of those things. Um, so I really feel like making winners in life is really taking all the uprooting, all the, all the weeds in your life and really having where your heart is ready to be poured into where you're teachable, you're coachable, you're ready to not only take what you're learning, but 
to give it out, you know, and I really think like it's favor. You gain favor, making a winner in life. You are making winners in life. It's favor. You have favor on your life for every season. And that's how you're going to succeed in it. That's awesome. Good. It's a great answer. Anyway, I wanted to tell you, thank you so much for being on our podcast. I know, uh, I know how much it, it it's going to mean to the people who are going to listen to it. They're going to be really blessed by it. Um, I hope that our listeners really caught a glimpse of a woman who is a servant and made servant for the Lord. Um, next time you see Marty at church, I want you to give her a hug and thank her for <laughs> being part of our show and for pouring into the people with such a heart of love. Um, and compassion because that's what you always do which is why I love you I love why we love you <laughs> so make sure y'all turn in next week we're going to have another phenomenal uh, conversation winning conversation so thank you church see you later